Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. I'm your host, Arizona Cardinals and ESPN announcer Dave Pash. My guest this week is Jason Light, who is the general manager for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a former executive with the Arizona Cardinals. We cover a lot of subjects, most importantly for a lot of NFL fans, Tom Brady. We talk about his return, whether Jason was concerned at all about when Tom wasn't there during camp, when he first thought Brady was coming back after his January retirement. First time I got an inkling that this might not be forever retirement was some text sent to me during the Super Bowl and you could just feel that the fire was still there and that was when I told my wife I said I don't think this is over also Gronk's future Jason's time with the Cardinals what he learned from Steve Keim and much more we are presented by BetMGM the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos Get ready for a football season like never before with BetMGM, an official partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Sign up today using code CARDS1000 and get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over, Arizona only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Now, when you first hear our interview, you might wonder why I'm talking about a steak dinner with Jason. Well, here's the inside story. Jason texted Wolf and I during a telecast in the preseason a year ago after the Buccaneers had won the Super Bowl. And Jason said, hey, if you can work into the telecast, I'm still friends with Steve Kime. I'll buy you a steak dinner. Now, I get a lot of requests from people texting or in person, sometimes players saying, hey, it's my mother's birthday. Can you give her a shout out? And you discern, okay, what's going to serve the viewer and what's not. So normally you say, sorry, we can't really do that. But in this case, you know, it's a preseason game. The Buccaneers had won the Super Bowl. We can tie this into the Cardinals and we'll also get a steak dinner out of it. We made it happen. So we tell our producer, hey, when we come back from break, give us a shot of Michael Bidwill and Steve Kine. So we come out of break. And again, this is about a minute after we got the text from Jason. We come out of break. And I say, Michael Bidwell, Cardinals owner. Steve Kime, the general manager. Steve has had so much success as a GM, and he's also had some people under him that have gone on to have success, like Jason Light, who's now the GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Congrats to Jason and the Bucks on winning the Super Bowl. And by the way, Jason and Steve are still close friends today. And within about five seconds, I get a text from Jason saying, darn it, because he knew he had just lost out on a steak dinner. But the statute of limitations has passed. We're a year after that, so I guilted Jason into coming on the podcast instead of the steak dinner. So here he is, Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager, Jason Light. Well, Jason, while I would have loved to have had this conversation with you over a steak dinner, I'm good with this, man. Just catching up with you is great. How you been, brother? I've been good. How about you? I'm good, man. Camp's been... Uh, we can rehash it over a steak dinner. Sounds good. Yeah. No, no. At some point, like, our paths are going to cross again. I don't know if I'll have maybe a college football game in Tampa, but maybe when you're here uh, over Christmas or something, we'll uh, we'll hook up. Sounds good. Uh, you know, of all the guys, you're one of my favorites of the guys that have come through here, and I'm so happy for your success. And I'm curious, Jason, as you look back, I mean, you've been, you've been the GM now in Tampa since 2014, but... As you think back to your time in Arizona, and I know you were here for two stints, but in particular, the second time that you were here, what are some of your biggest takeaways from working with Steve Kime and working here with the Cardinals that helped you prepare to run the team in Tampa? 
there's a lot. I would say I, I reflect on this a lot, and we I, I talk this you know talk to a lot of my people about this that ask the question, and I was you know fortunate enough to be with some really good organizations, the, the Patriots twice, the uh, Eagles, um, and being two of the teams and had a lot of success. Those teams had a lot of success, so I was able to you know see how those good teams were built and you know how they were managed and coached and all those things and worked with some great people bill belichick andy reed i mean just to name a couple but i would say that what prepared me the most for this position was working for steve and um seeing how he was afforded i was afforded the luxury just based on our relationship and he's still one of my closest friends of, of getting a, a front row seat to all of the things that go on behind the scenes and how things are handled. And that's what, that's what GMs aren't ready for in most cases. You know, we, we spend our career either on the road or in the office evaluating players. And in, in my case, in terms of, you know, going to getting the GM job based on my, I'm coming up through the scouting routes. And, you know, you, you evaluate players, you write reports, you have the meetings, you stand on the table for certain players, and, um, you know, you say stay away from certain players. But And that's – I don't want to say that's the easy part. That certainly isn't easy. But that's what I was trained to do. I wasn't trained to deal with the the injuries and um, the relationships and the, um, you know, some off-field things that come up with every team. And – being with Steve and him allowing me to be there in the room with him when these things were discussed on how we're going to handle them with PR, things like that, um, with Mark Dalton, who I think is one of the best in the league, you know, I, I don't think I would have been, uh, I don't think it would have been a very smooth uh, uh, situation for me. And now I, it wasn't smooth the first year for me either, but I, I don't know if I would have gotten through these time, those times, those rough times. Um, without that experience with Steve. Well, one of the things that I think Steve is really good at that maybe fans don't see, and I think you're the same way, is, look, player evaluation, putting together a roster, winning games, obviously that's what matters most, and that's what the fans see. But building relationships goes a long way to getting deals done, to finding out information that maybe other scouts or GMs may not be able to get from certain people. How do you think your ability to deal with people helps you be a good GM? I think it's of the utmost importance. I've always liked people in general, liked um, having relationships, building relationships, keeping relationships. And Steve is one of the best I've ever been around. And he's just got a knack. Um, everybody feels like they've been – uh, a close friend or confidant of Steve their entire life, even if they he meets them for the first time. And I, I've taken a lot of that's rubbed off on me a little bit, my times with him. Um, he um, he would always say, you know, it's it's not always the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. And um, and he's right. You 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 want talent. You want to bring in the best talent you can, but you also want people that. Um, are able to communicate and able to get along with everybody and 
you know, one team, one cause is BA's was BA's uh, uh, one of his expressions that he used all the time. And, and, and Steve is just a phenomenal people person. And I felt like, you know, we, we were naturally attracted to each other's friends because of, we both have that quality, I think. And that's not patting myself on the back. I just think we both like generally like people and getting through rough waters it's all about relationships. This is a relationship business just like any other business. And, and Jason, I'm not asking you to pat yourself on the back with this question, but I am curious, is there somebody that you look back on your time here in Arizona, and you mentioned you know, the uh, metaphor of standing on the table for a guy. Is there somebody that's having success now with the Cardinals that you were really bullish about at the time and had to stand on the table for, so to speak? Well, that's always a that's always a tough question to answer for this reason. Um, that we all have our ideas and suggestions and and players that we that we like and we want to stand on the table or we stand on the table for. But at the end of the day, it's it's the GM that pulls that card off the board, and you know it's it's it's, it's a team it's teamwork and it's a it's a we all work together to, to, to make the decision and build the board the right way, but it's always the GM that can make the final call. And in that, in that case back then, Steve, obviously. So to take credit for someone, it's, it's a little bit, uh, it, it gets, a, it's a little bit muddy um, because, you know, I could have stood on the table, well, you know, Steve was, he and I saw eye to eye on most players. And I mean, really liked Tyron Matthew and, um, I sat in Steve's office and we watched a ton of tape on Tyron and, and, and he, at the time I'd been in there early at LSU and, and we watched it together and he was like, you know, you're right. You know, this heck of a player, he would have come up with that, uh, that we he would have come to that, uh, by on his own, I'm sure at some point. So, I, you know, it's hard to say that, you know, I stood on the table. He, this is the, I'm the reason that these particular players are there. If you know what I'm saying. Sure. Sure. Well, enough on your past job here with Arizona. Let's talk about your current position, Jason, and your team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, obviously, the big story the last few days has been Tom Brady's absence. Tom was back at practice today. Let me take a wild guess. He looked like Tom Brady. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, all was good again today. The waters were calm. <laughs> In a situation like that, where a a player the caliber of Tom Brady that you've had a relationship with for two decades is missing time for personal reasons. I have to think, and tell me if I'm wrong, that it's a matter of trust. Like, you know Tom's going to bring it week one regardless of time missed. Well, there's no question. He's. I have never been around a player that prepares as um, conscientiously, diligently, and does it the right way than uh, Tom Brady. And, you know, he was gone for whatever it was, 11 days. I know he was preparing in those 11 days as well. So uh, it, a total trust with him. And, um, you know, it's obviously it's great to have him back in the building. The vibe picks up uh, even more when he's gone. But the foundation that he's set already, then you know, the, the, in the last two years that we've been with, that he's been with us, um, it, it carries over whenever he's done. That was one of the things that we talked about um, before we signed him in free agency in 2020 was however long he plays, two, three, four, whatever he is, 
um, his his presence is going to be felt for a long time just because of the standard that he sets. You won a Super Bowl as part of the Patriots with Tom Brady in 2002, and then you're also there back with the Patriots 2009 to 2011. Has Tom changed much at all being around him now compared to his early years in the NFL, or is he at the core the same guy? I think he's gotten better looking, and I think that he's uh, actually gotten a stronger arm. (laughs) But it's amazing. I mean, look what he's done. The story, obviously, in terms of the greatest stories in the history of the NFL, it's at the top of the list. And then, you know, after the the playoff loss to the Rams, Tom decides to retire for the time being. How, How much were you and Tom in conversation during his retirement and talking about the possibility of coming back? We, you know, the first time, well, we had, we had sent texts back and forth because we do have a, a good relationship. And he did the same thing with BA, um, kept in touch. But the first time I got an inkling that this might not be uh, forever retirement was some texts sent to me during the Super Bowl. Um, and you could just feel that he was the fire was still there that he wishes that he was playing in that game and you know he always feels like he can beat any team so um you know i could just feel the fire and that was when i told blair my wife i said i don't think this is over so really it was a matter of weeks then because that that loss was what towards the end of january so a couple weeks uh passes and not surprising based on his competitive nature. He's he's ready to come back to you guys. Uh, I, I'm also curious about Todd Bowles, who everybody here in Arizona knows from his time here, and you were here during uh, some of the uh, those years when Todd was the defensive coordinator. How long did yeah. it take you guys to make that decision uh, once B.A. stepped down to go with Todd? Well, it was it was very quickly. We, we do have the luxury here of having a lot of very, very good coaches of um, Byron, um, Harold Goodwin, who you know, uh, Keith Armstrong, and, you know, the list kind of goes on on Larry Foote. We've, we've got some excellent coaches here, but we just felt Todd and B.A. felt Todd with his experience as being a head coach in New York didn't go the way he wanted it. It necessarily felt that was all should have fallen on Todd. Um, we felt, you know, his, his, the way he commands a room, way he's such a great keep up in terms of relationships with players and getting the most out of them it it didn't take long at all what's ba's involvement i I know his title is senior advisor to you the gm how much are you and ba conversing daily weekly about the team and how heavily involved is is ba with you guys ba and i talk along with my uh directors and scouts uh constantly um He's been a part of those conversations, talking about how this roster is shaping up this year, um, who we feel like gives us the best chance to win. Um, I sit with B.A. during our games. Um, um, he's, I know he's, he talks with Todd a lot and the other coaches. Um, he's been, uh, you know, he still has uh, a lot of passion for the game, but he is loving life right now. He's loving his role. He looks great. He's got a ton of energy. And I know he's very excited as if when I talk to him about this team and, you know, the potential that we have, you would think that he was still coaching. Um, He's just not actually coaching the players. 
How did your time as a bartender prepare you to work with <laughs> BA? <laughs> it comes in handy. <laughs> I will say, man, you are pretty funny on Twitter because there's all these tweets and pictures of you and BA <laughs> with a beer in your hand. Or I think I saw one with you guys on a beach with Rick Christoffel, one of the assistant coaches with uh, a Mai Tai or something like that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think that was the week after we won the Super Bowl that uh, we were back at work. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. No, people got to follow you on Twitter. And then I think I saw one with the ACDC shirt. There might have been another with the Metallica shirt. So you're you're a huge heavy metal guy. Are you still like a big heavy metal guy? Well, I'm kind of stuck in my genre. Um, I'm born in 71, and all through high school and college, I was a big Metallica ACDC fan. And during that 2020 season, I'm, I'm a I'm a little stitious, not superstitious, but a little stitious. And I had a I had a lucky shirt, and uh, through the playoffs, and it was Metallica shirt. And then after the game, I had a couple pictures with Gronk and with uh, Brady and BA. And Metallica actually reached out to me through their general manager. Maybe he and I can do a trade um, someday. But. Uh, um, they gave us, they gave me some VIP uh, tickets that happened to be on our bye weekend um, to their concert in Fort Lauderdale. So I went, and I mean it was it was unbelievable. It was like a, it was one of the best moments I can imagine. Um, it was the best concert I've ever been to. So yeah, I, I I would say I'm a pretty 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 big fan. And you talked about being stitious, not superstitious. Is that part of? And again, this goes back to your Twitter feed. You used to jump into your pool in a full suit when you guys would win. Are you still doing that? Or is that just one year that you were doing that? Oh, it was one year. Now, one year that I was actually posting it. Um, still do it from on time to time with my kids. They love it. That year, particular year, we had just, we had been, we had won a lot of games. And we had talked about when I got the job that, you know, after, after we win, um, I'll come home, we'll have a pool party um, and uh, with the family and, it just wasn't happening. I was coming home, and we weren't having parties at all. Um, nobody wanted to talk to Dad because I was in such a bad mood. And then we won that first game versus the Saints, so I came home and jumped off the jumped into the pool with my kids, and <laughs> I kind of took off that year as a little tradition that we do. But I uh, I backed off on that recently, but uh, now I'm going to save it for the the big wins. Well, like any executive, I'm I'm sure you live and die with success and failure. I'm curious, Jason, was this offseason, after winning a Super Bowl the previous year and then losing in the playoffs and not getting the opportunity to get back, which is very hard to do in the NFL, but not getting that opportunity to come back, was this in some ways, along with obviously everything else that was going on in the organization, was this a harder offseason for you because you you had tasted that championship success the year before? I would say the last two offseasons were very difficult um, for me, like it's you know, I, one of the first place I worked was the Dolphins as an intern when Don Shula was the head coach, and then Jimmy Johnson came in the next year, and um, Jimmy had promoted me to a full-time position. But um, So I had kept in touch with Jimmy over the years, and so after we won the Super Bowl, he texted me, I mean, almost immediately, and he said, now, now the hard part starts. And he was right. It's, you know, the expectations are one thing, but it's just managing everybody's um, – egos and we have a great locker room so that part wasn't real difficult but just keeping the team together then also you know you get that taste of winning 
and being the best team in the NFL at the time after winning the Super Bowl. And you want to do everything you can to make sure you have an opportunity to do that again. So life becomes a little bit more stressful during those off seasons uh, than they do in, in, in years past. And you mentioned earlier you had an inkling during the Super Bowl that maybe Tom was thinking about coming back. Do you still have a feeling that Gronk will return, or do you feel like this is it? He's really done. You know, I, I just, I he's he puts himself out there a lot on social media. It looks like he's having a hell of a time. So <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not crossing my fingers on this one. Um, we'll have to see what happens. In terms of some of. You know the players that are on the roster right now. You've had some injuries in camp with the offensive line. How big of a concern is that group right now for you? Well, internally, it's it's not the the concern that seems to be externally. We we have a lot of we have a lot of faith in some of these young players that we've drafted and drafted high in the last couple of years. Robert Hainsey and Luke Gadecki, and we took them for a reason and to be in this position if we needed them. So. We also have a couple young guys that uh, we've had with us for a while um, that have gotten better and better. We have excellent coaches here that have developed these offensive linemen. Um, so we feel good about where we're at. And um, it's not as, you know, you, you, you might read a story here or there that thinks that we're ready to hit the panic button, but we're not. So we feel very good about the group that we have. How about the weapons around Tom? How do you feel about uh, those guys? Well, Mike Evans um, is an unbelievable player. Uh, Chris Godwin has been awesome for us, and he's looking good out here in his rehab. Um, and then Julio um, has been everything that uh, and more than what we were expecting. Um, he's he's uh, fully healthy right now, making plays every day that he's out there practicing. Um, I'm really excited to for the regular season to start have those three and then Russell Gage and then some players that we've already had on our roster. Um, so Cam Brake, um, Leonard Fournette, there's a couple of rookies that we're really, really high on right now. So um, really I, the regular season can't come here fast enough for me. Sure. Uh, I think Mike Evans was your first pick when you were the GM in Tampa, if I'm, if I'm correct there. Um where does he, in terms of the, the best players that you've scouted over all your years doing this, where does he rank? He, he was phenomenal in college. You know, was a big part of the reason Johnny Manziel won the Heisman that year because of how productive he's, he was and how unstoppable he was at A&M. Yeah, he sure was. Looking back on that year, that, that was my first draft, and um, there's a lot of good players in that draft. And... We the the question was always watching the A and M tape is basically was it which came first the chicken or the egg was it Manziel or was it Evans or was it both? Um, we think we got it right thinking it was Evans and uh, pretty sure we did and he's right up there in um, one of the best players I I did look at now there's some um, evaluate now there were some really good ones in that draft um, but I, you know going back in time. Um, I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad we got Mike. Um, he's one of my favorite people, and not just uh, players. He's an unbelievable teammate, unbelievable human being. And at our house, we kind of feel like he's part of our family just because my kids talk about him constantly, and he's he's such a good role model for them. Last one for you, Jason. When the schedule came out, and you saw that first of all you're playing on Christmas, second you're playing on the road. 
and third, you're playing the Cardinals. What were your thoughts? We were actually pretty excited about that because my kids, they're too young. My oldest two were there when I was there. Uh, Theo was just born in October, and we left in, you know, for the, this job in February, so he was six months old. Um, we, uh, we have, they've always had a fondness for Arizona just because my wife and I talk about it all the time, how great of a time we had living there, working for, uh, Michael, working for Steve, um, a lot of memories. So the first thing we did was just made, made plans that we're all going to be out there for Christmas, um, and be together and, uh, stay in there. So they, the kids now living it, they, they don't really know what snow is. So we're hoping maybe we can they can get up to flag uh, Flagstaff and maybe ski um, before we get out there as a team. So that, that we're really really looking forward to it. So they'll come out early in the week, and then you'll fly out with with the team a day before. Yeah, that's the plan right now. Gotcha. All right, man. Listen, I'll let you go, Jason. I really appreciate the time. It's great catching up with you. As I said earlier, man, I'm so happy for your success, and I, I'm not the only one. Uh, in the Cardinals organization that feels the same way. Uh, you're still very thought, uh, fondly thought of here amongst everybody in the organization. And we wish you the best of uh, success in 2022 with the exception of Christmas night, man. <laughs> I appreciate it, Dave. All right, Jason. Take care, brother. So a lot there from Jason about Tom Brady and his return when Jason knew, it sounded like he knew just a couple of weeks after the announcement was made by Tom that he was retiring, sounded like Jason knew based on his reaction uh, to a text from Tom during the Super Bowl that Brady might be coming back. Jason also talked very fondly about his time here with the Cardinals, his relationship with Steve Keim, how much Steve helped prepare him for his role as general manager, a position that he's held since 2014. So a lot of great stuff there from Bucks GM, Jason Light. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. You can follow us on Twitter, at PashPod, and you can also go to your podcast platform and tell us what you think. Do you like the pod? Do you think we suck? Rate us. Tell us whatever you want to tell us about the podcast. If there's a guest you want to hear from, a lot of people have said they want to hear from Ron Wolfley. That's coming at some point, perhaps, when we can't find a guest. We'll go to Wolf and have him join us in the studio. We do have some future guests locked up over the next few weeks. You'll hear from Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, several Clemson Cardinals connections that we'll talk to Dabo about, also Charles Davis, CBS announcer, and ESPN NFL analyst Marcus Spears. Thanks again to Bucks GM Jason Light, and thanks to you for listening to another edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. 